Welcome back to The Shallow Dive. I'm Megan. I'm Chessie. Oh my god, it's Chessie. I'm here. We're back. I'm here. She's here. She's come in, done me a favor for this episode that is about something so important, so topical, so important for our times. It's not at all, but (laughs) um, it is albums that shaped our teenage years or stood out to us as teenagers because if there's anything that Chessie and I love, it's nostalgia. Yes. It, it's going back in time. It's thinking about all the things that shaped us in our youth. We've talked about 90s toys. We've talked about foods and drinks, TV shows. What we have not talked about is albums that shaped our angsty teenage years. So Which I'm surprised. Gonna... This is such a good topic for me. It is. And like how <laughs> how how we didn't think of this, I don't know. But I was tr- telling Chessie that I was driving around in the rain the other day. Because you're not allowed to leave your house. But I had to leave. And I didn't have to go in anywhere. But I did have to leave. And it's raining. And someone on a podcast mentioned Avril Lavigne. And I was like, oh, I've got... Wait a minute. So I pull her up on Spotify. I pull up an album knew every word, and then all of these memories came back. So I was like, oh, immediately when I stopped, I didn't text her and drive. That's insane. Don't do that. I text Chessie and said, oh, my God, you've got to come back and do this because this, who else better to do this than you and me talking about albums that shaped our teen years? Because I assume you also had angst as a young girl. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad that I reached out because she said yes. She's here. We're excited. Um, so, Chessie, when I asked you this, what are the albums that came to mind that shaped your teen years? And, like, what years were you thinking of, like, your, was it high school years? And what were those years? Yeah, so I'll kind of talk about mine chronologically. So I won't say them all yet, like, if we're going to go right. back and forth. But, yes. um, like, as soon as you asked me, I knew exactly which three albums I wanted to talk about. And yes. when I look back at, like, my teen years, I think high school. So these are all mm-hmm. pretty much from my high school career. Um, but when I was in high school, like, I feel like music really, like, almost kind of informed my whole life because it, like... It influenced how I dressed, like who I hung out with, like my, like literally my entire life. I was very into music. Like my favorite thing to do in high school, there was this place called the Flint Local and Mm -hmm. just like, um, local bands would play. And I went there every weekend. Like it's how I made my friends. I don't know. Like it, it was very important to me. So yes, yes. Music in general really like got me through my teen years yes yes Yes. and we all even if we had I realized like we if we had like no problems like no real problems that every problem felt like a big problem and like angsty music would be like you just don't understand me and I'm like no "No, they don't they do not understand me and everyone seemed to feel like that you know (laughs) and so that's kind of why I was like oh I know Chessie's got some good ones in the bank I know she's gonna know what I'm talking about um so what is the first album that, like, chronologically that you thought of? Um, my first one is Blink-182, Enema of the State. 
Oh, yes. Um, which, I mean, okay, before I even, like, get into this, I will say all of these albums I still at least appreciate. There's one that I really don't listen to anymore, but, like, I still enjoy them. And I talk about this with my brother-in-law all the time because he's kind of, like, on the same level as, like, enjoying music as I am. But, like, I feel like what we listen to when we're teenagers almost kind of, that's what you're going to listen to for the rest of your life. Like, yes, at least for me personally, it's, like, rare that I discover a band as an adult that I'm like connect with that I'm like yes I love this band where I just listen to the same shit that I've always listened to pretty much (laughs) so um yes I still rock Blink-182 occasionally um but I feel like my obsession and when I say obsession like I mean obsession <laughs> like high level we're talking real deal seriousness yes. yes um I feel like my obsession started I was either like it was right before I was a freshman or well I was a freshman but like right around that age um someone had given me a 98 degrees cd and I was like not into it I right. not not to say that I didn't like boy bands at some point in my life because I did but like 98 degrees was not it for me Right. So um, I was talking to my friend Sarah about it, and I was like, I really don't want this CD. And she was like, oh, I'll trade you for this Blink-182 CD. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. And Sarah, that, what a mistake yeah, <laughs> on her part. <laughs> she might she might listen to this. I'm not sure, but she might. And, yeah, that was Tell a mistake her. on her oh. part. But, I mean, it's, it's fine because I listen to it constantly. So, by proxy, right. she did, too. Right. Um, but, yeah, so, I don't know, like, when I heard Blink-182, like, I feel like something inside me, like, woke up. I was like, this is my music. Like, right. and it also made me feel like a badass, which is weird because they're, yes. <laughs> they're pretty much just, like, an alternative boy band. Like... But right. I, but I thought I was like different, which right like you're so edgy and like you just relate and other girls probably like didn't get it like yeah. you did. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I started out by listening to Enema of the State, but then I like listened to their older albums and everything, and yeah, I definitely went through a phase where I was obsessed with them, and by that I mean like my entire like bedroom, which I had a big bedroom when I was younger, so like I had a lot of wall space. They were right. like covered in like cutouts of magazines and just like everything Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, were you like a Mark Hoppus girl, or were you like a Tom? Who, who Tom? Tom. Yeah. Tom. But, Tom had the lip ring, right? Yes. It, okay. It, okay. Yeah, he had a lip <laughs> ring, which I feel like I kind of went through phases of like I liked all of them. Like there wasn't one where I was like, oh, I I don't like them. But I think Tom was my favorite, which is just so funny. Like I don't know if you know anything about. Tom now but he quit Blink-182 to like study UFOs yes (laughs) so I was gonna say wasn't he I get him and Mark like mixed up in what they do now yeah but yeah I was like is I feel like a UFO sentence was coming yes he but it's so weird because I don't know if you like saw the news that the Pentagon like released these videos of like UFOs and they were like these are legit UFOs yeah and it's just funny because Tom has, like, his own company. I, I forget what it's called, but it's, like, basically about alien and UFO research. And they had, like, released those videos, like, two years ago. So, like, who would have thought that, like, Tom from Blink-182 would, like, be on the forefront of, like, UFO research? Right. I mean, like, didn't he question it? And they were like, um, yeah, that's actually pretty valid. And he was like, oh, oh yeah. Oh. And everybody's like, 
Yup. And then because of our current situation, just in general, since 2016, it was like lasted a news cycle. And I'm like, does anybody um, remember this five minutes ago? And they like brought it up again this week of like, oh, here's some naval videos again of the Navy and like the, uh, and just the Air Force and stuff, like seeing UFOs and being like, yup, what's that? Can you believe it? It's like, oh, okay, that really did happen. Like they confirmed that this happened. I feel like only in 2020 could they release videos of UFOs and be like, these are UFOs. And like, no one cares. And everyone's like, yeah, I have bigger fucking fish to fry. So can you just like not right now? Yeah. (laughs) Everything. How is that not the biggest thing ever? You know, but because everything's on fire, they pushed it to like the back burner. But uh, Tom, Tom's onto something. Yeah. So I mean, he did have the song Aliens Exist on Enema of the State, like talking about aliens, which is funny because I brought that up to my sister and I was like, well, they did have that song. So I guess it was like a precursor to like what's to come or like he always believed that or whatever. And she was like, do you think that he tried to make that like whole album about aliens and was like, (laughs) listen, you guys, aliens exist. And they were like, "Okay, we gave you your one song. Yeah, we'll give you one, but you've honestly got to tone it down. Yes. (laughs) Calm down. Sir, I need you to stop. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yes. Um, But yeah, so just like more things regarding my Blink-182 memories. I definitely had a lot of Blink-182 shirts, and I feel like they were all baby blue. Like, I don't know why. That was a thing. Yeah, that color was like, cool. It was. There was always a band tee that was the baby blue. Or like that aqua, like a light aqua color Mm -hmm. as well. Like the the shades of blue for sure, which is an odd thing. Yes. You know, because you think of band tees, most of mine were black, you know, but then you had these, I guess more of the alternative ones. And like Britney Spears has one that is um, like that really light blue because my friend Rachel has so many shirts that she like gave me one and it is a light, a light blue Britney Spears shirt and I love it yeah it's like that's that's perfect for a band or a singer or whatever it's a good color it is a good color um I have seen Blink-182 twice live one when I was like in the throes of obsession Mm. so like yeah that was like a highlight moment of my teen years um did you cry because I I mean I I probably had tears I mean I don't specifically remember crying, which Mm -hmm. is odd because I used to cry a lot back in the day, (laughs) just in general. Yeah, Um, that goes along with being angsty. It's just like crying all the time. Yes. But yeah, so I saw them back in the day and then I saw them as an adult, um, which I feel like it was maybe one of the last tours they did with like the three original members. And they were just really like, I don't know. They just kind of here we are. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little sad, but it was only $10 to go. So I was like, this is all around like kind of sad, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it was all very bleak, but you went anyway and they showed up and you showed up. So (laughs) yes, exactly. But, um, I also remember, I'm pretty sure this was when I was a, a freshman. Yeah. Um, the town that I grew up in, like they're, carnival that we had was called railroad days and Mm -hmm. i remember it was like i was getting ready to go to railroad days and like hang out with my friends but i had to wait and stay home and watch trl because blink 182 was debuting the video for their um song the rock show and i was like i can't meet you guys until after i watch trl Right. I'm sorry. You guys are going to have to wait. There are very pressing matters happening and I am definitely going to have to stay home for this. I miss those days. Like I kind of miss that. Like I can't because I have to watch something on TV. Like 
that's that doesn't happen too much anymore because you can just be like, well, it's on Hulu tomorrow or it's whatever. Right. Like, I wonder, I wonder if TRL would have landed on Hulu the next day. Like, I wonder if MTV would have had, like, that's so crazy because it's it was a daily thing or whatever, and you needed to look forward to it. Yeah. So it just seems kind of takes the fun out of it. I'm glad streaming's there, and I think we've probably talked about this a million times, but it's like that. That's such a specific thing of like I've got to wait for that to show up. I just loved that. Yes. Uh, I love Bl- I like Blink One Eighty Two, and I I did not have I wasn't into them like that, but I can appreciate that feeling because you just like you see someone live in the throes of your obsession. Yes. And it's literally the craziest thing in the world, like truly crazy. Like, it, there's nothing like it. I don't think you can ever replicate that feeling. No. And I do, like, we'll get into this during my next pick. But I feel like Blink-182 really did set me up to, like, enjoy other bands. Like, to me, like, I felt like I was, like, discovering a new, like, genre of music that mm-hmm. was, like, made for me. Like Yes. Yeah, so I am really glad that I had those experiences. Even though it, looking like, back, it's just funny. <laughs> right right you're like well that happened that's part of my life yes. yeah that's that's kind of how I don't know I have a really obviously a, an obsessive personality so like I like something and I'm I'm all in yes. and it, now that I'm older it's kind of short-lived because we have so many things you can be into but like I was so passionate about music and different things that I think that's cool that you have a standout like the Blink-182 um do you want me to do one of my albums or do you want to do yours? Like, cause we can do, we can do whatever we want. Um, let's go back and forth. Okay. 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 So my first one is an odd one because, um, I grew up on country. I grew up on like Joe Diffie who just passed, which is sad, but like my mom and dad listened to country. Um, and my mom drove me to school a lot. So in the car, it was always just like the topical country of the time, like Reba, Garth, you know, like the, the big ones in the nineties. Um, but the first thing that I felt was like truly my own was um, Ozzy Osbourne, which was way before my time, but I discovered him in high school and uh, specifically Ozzy's um, like single stuff, not Black Sabbath necessarily. I got into Black Sabbath later, but I was like a super weird goth kid and like just this guy, this older boy, everything I have I've realized is attached to a boy <laughs> because I because I was this angsty like you need to love me person, which is very sick, but I think um watching too much Buffy might have gotten me into some like weird I romanticized everything and just like definitely not healthy because I just rewatched Buffy and I was like, "Oh, this is why you're fucked up." Like <laughs> problem but so this like, is sorry I didn't know go ahead <laughs> no please. Um, this is kind of unrelated but like oh gosh I feel like this is gonna be controversial when I say this but like I am not looking forward to a new Twilight book coming out no simply for the social media because I can't take it no people are gonna be talking about that shit and let me just say like I always hated Twilight it's garbage so right, right. I'm not I'm not looking forward to that and that I feel whole, like that um, mass of like information and everything that's going to come with it. Yeah, it's it's going to be too much for sure. Like that's I listen, I liked Twilight. I was all in for about five minutes that, you know, and I read the books and I watched the movies and then I very quickly got over it just because I do that with a lot of things. But like, I'm not I just can't we can't do this. No. Not now. We no. can't do this. We don't deserve this. We have had enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't, abusive. It, yeah, I don't think that we need more media about 
girls being obsessed with men and like no. men controlling them like we just don't need exactly. that in our lives no no because we grew up on it and we were berated with it and now that i mean hashtag me too you know what i mean like you guys need to realize that this shit is like what perpetuates like women be i don't just this obsession with the, the this teenage boy and like i was also too old to be doing that i think it was like 20 or 21 when i found twilight and i'm like i need to i mean i love a, a like a ya novel now mm-hmm. like i think but there's so many more evolved things that we can be doing that isn't like that. Mm. Um, at the time, though, let me just take you back to high school, girl. I, oh, God. I, I'll, I'll be honest and I'll say my very first boyfriend, or like the very, the one that I considered like important, um, was very bad to me. And I like didn't understand that. You know what I mean? You don't have a concept of, of abuse or emotional abuse until you're, I think, till you're older. Or, or like, oh, it. totally. So I like obsessed with this boy who was mean, 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 mean. Like he was mean to me at every turn and he like needed me to like beg for his approval kind of. And I did like, I mean, I had no, I I had no concept of what a healthy relationship looked like. Cause you know, you're not really looking to your parents for that. You're just kind of figuring it out when you're like 13. But when I got into like sophomore year ish, um, this older boy was nice to me. Um, he would take me home from softball practice, you know, just like, just kind. He was just nice. Like, and it was a normal like person. So he introduced me to like Ozzy and different, just like he listened to Aerosmith and just some of those older bands. And I had not really like, Aerosmith was big because they did the, I don't want to miss a thing because of that, um, what was that movie Armageddon Armageddon. yes okay so like that's the only concept I had of like the older bands but I got into Ozzy because I like this boy so sometimes you blur the lines of like do I like this because he likes this because a lot of us take on those dumbass personality traits of boys but then I actually really liked Ozzy and it's like I can't explain it because I can understand why you wouldn't you know what I mean he's got a weird voice and he's he was made in the media to be like very bumbling and forgetful and you know, the whole thing because the reality show came out. Oh, that made my day, though, because I was <laughs> in, in, in. So the album was uh, The Ozman Cometh, which was, um, it was a compilation album. But, of course, I didn't really know that because it's like, oh, here's some old songs and some new songs. Right. It's, all new to, it's all new to me. So um, I really liked it. Um, and then there were some tracks on that CD that, like, I guess had different lyrics than the ones that were released like later commercially on the albums. And so I learned all these lyrics and then heard the other ones later. And I was like, what the fuck? But like there's one, the song war pigs is pretty famous. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think it's not a hit by any means. Cause of course people know crazy train or like they'll know some thing that was on a commercial. Um, but some of the lyrics, I have to read this to you because the lyrics that came out for, war pigs like on albums and on like not the basement tapes like these are basement tapes from the 70s and so it's like talking about war obviously war pigs like generals gathered in their masses like um talking about the war machine keeping turning and all this so it was more political but the original lyrics and i am such a psychotic kid i was like 16 (laughs) and i'm like fuck yes i relate to this i am from indiana I am from a middle-class white family. I don't know what angst I thought. I thought I was a witch. I don't know what the hell was wrong with me. (laughs) It says, witches gather at black masses, bodies burning in red ashes. On the hill, the church in ruin is the scene of evil doing. It's a place for all bad sinners. Watch them eating dead rats innards. And I'm like, yes, I relate. Like, (laughs) like, like, explain that to me. Like, 
I'm like felt like what is that? No, I mean I can't even judge. I mean I'm sure I went through the same thing. I tried to put spells on people. It's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like I'm a witch. It's fine. Clearly I'm yeah. a witch. Like I lived in a little trailer on a hill. Like do you think that I? I mean I had this is I was. What is wrong with us? Honestly, like you don't realize until you're older, like how much you cling to a personality trait that you just heard of or like read in a magazine <laughs> or, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm goth. Cause you don't understand me. I was yeah. like, no, I was just, I was just weird. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Difference. So that's my first album. And I have to credit th- this guy named John who was, uh, we're still friends to this day. Like he, he was like, kind of my boyfriend or whatever we went to prom together but he's the one that introduced me he was a little bit older and like he he kind of took me away from this boy who was very bad to me and I kept going back because you know statistically abused people go back up to seven times before they leave and even as a kid that's kind of true so I didn't have a concept of like not needing this like drug of this fight and this drama because I was a kid I had no idea how to recognize the signs of abuse, but John was this like reprieve. He wasn't like, uh, um, what do you call it? A rebound. He wasn't anything like that, but it was just like, he was kind. He showed me music. We drove around the back roads as you do in the Midwest when there's nowhere to go when you're 16, you know? So thanks to John, because I then bought every like, Ozzy album and then when I was 16 or 17 so like 2001 I don't know you do the math I have no idea um I went to Ozfest and Black Sabbath's original band like all of them were there and I got to see them before Bill Ward died and like it was I sat on the ground and fucking cried sure did cried Ozzy comes out like this this big like siren goes off and it was like a storm siren and I could I could just feel him coming and it was such a dorky like I was fucking sunburnt I'd been there all day I was like so ready it was outdoors and I was and here he came and I was like oh there's Ozzy okay I see him and then he put his hand up on the mic and I saw his name across his knuckles and I was like, like I thought I was going to fucking die. Like I sat there and sobbed because when you're 16, 17, like that's the biggest thing you've ever seen. Like there Mm -hmm. was, you know, you didn't have money to go to concerts. You did. We drove up to Indianapolis. There he was like, I have best day of my life, best day of my life. And I met um, Seth Benzer from Crazy Town. He was in line to get like a Mike's Hard Lemonade. So like. (laughs) Of course he was. (laughs) Because of course he was. So like, I'm sorry you're so jealous of me. (laughs) But like, I got to meet Seth Benzer who was like on Celebrity Rehab multiple Mm -hmm. times later. So um, their one song from Crazy Town um, definitely was a hit. So everybody, please be jealous. Because I was like, is that who we think it is? And remember he had those. Um, big star or like sparrows mm-hmm. or some tattoos on his shoulders and I was like uh guys he was in the fucking line he was in the <laughs> line that's how shitty crazy town was he was in line he wasn't like getting drinks brought to him he was standing in front of us in line for a drink so that's hilarious so please everyone know I'm famous so <laughs> that's my claim to fame so yeah that the Osman cometh is definitely top three album of high school and how it shaped my like view on the world which like is insane it. because that was goth and weird but that's that I mean believe me I went through phases <laughs> I okay let's be real I'm pretty much still in a phase like I yeah. don't know oh for sure I, yeah I, like I definitely am trying on new personalities and weird like if I buy Halloween decorations for my house uh for all year round like mind your business I'm a grown-ass bitch like I have a poster of Lord in my laundry room. Mind your fucking business. Yeah, it's fine. 
it's fine. That's the great part about being a weird kid, though, because when you're older, you can you're like, oh, nobody can stop me from being weird. Yeah, in my own house. it's true. That's Perfect. true. Um, okay, so my second album. Um, okay, so I'll set this up. Yeah. Um, so yes, this was I was listening to Blink One Eighty Two, and then this made me think like, oh, I want to know about other bands that are mm-hmm. like punk rock. Sure. So I would not Google because Google wasn't a thing. But I would like Yahoo or like ask mm-hmm. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> yeah. Ask Jeeves like punk bands, whatever. And so that is when I started listening to more like, I guess, less pop punk music and more just punk music. Mm -hmm. So the album that I kind of picked to personify that is Die for Your Government by Anti-Flag. Yes. So, okay. So when I got into this, like, literally, I don't know what was wrong with me. I was literally such a bitch. Like, (laughs) I was just like a bitchy little teenager because I thought... Okay, so they're like a very political band, which I mean, I still hold very liberal, left-leaning political beliefs, sure. so I pretty much agree with what they say. Right. But like when I was in high school, like okay, a I I hated George Bush a lot, right. like a lot, but I don't know, like I thought that anyone that disagreed with me was literally the scum of the earth and like a piece of shit. I was right. I was so mean to people. Like me too. Oh my god. I yeah, was not my proudest moment. <laughs> no. So to get that out of the way, I'm sorry. If I was right, me mean too. to you in high me school, too. Like, I kind of take it back. This is the apology podcast. We're really sorry in yeah. general. Blanket statement. Sorry. Yeah. But so from there, I like truly thought I was like so punk rock. Like I thought I was a badass. I don't I don't even understand myself. Same. But so I will say my friend Sarah and I, she was like along for the ride with all this. Not to say that I was like the leader in our relationship. I'm just saying that like I drug her into some stuff, I'm sure. Right, right. But yes, we would go to so many punk rock shows. And honestly, that is the point in my life that I miss the fucking most. Because like I would spike my hair and wear like plaid pants that I got from Hot Topic. Think I was such a badass. And I would go and like see these punk bands and like get in the mosh pit and sweat and like get excited and like come out with bruises and think that I was so cool like I wasn't but no but it made you feel alive in a a time when you have like no real identity and you're just like this teenager trying to figure stuff out and society is telling you 900 things even then pre-internet pretty like dealing with the social media aspect you're just the, the way that we as humans like try different things on is so interesting. And like, I wish I still had that like lack of self-awareness yet. Like, cause honestly, ignorance was bliss sort of at that time. Like I'm, I'm sorry now, but like it was fun. That was a fun time. Dude, it was so much fun. And like, yeah, music meant everything to me. Like, like I said, it influenced my style. So I would only wear like, I'm doing air quotes right now. Right. Like. <laughs> punk rock clothes and like yes just okay luckily I grew up somewhat close to Detroit so like every band comes to Detroit so yeah we went to a lot of shows like sometimes like every weekend we were going to shows and I would get so excited like you were saying like it makes you feel alive like Mm -hmm. I miss that so much like yeah I don't know very fun replicate now (laughs) oh yeah when I go to a show now like it's still fun but I'm also like I'm gonna stay on like the outskirts of things because 
Yeah, exactly. I don't want to get kicked in the face anymore. I'm kind of over that, but, um, you know, I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> I miss it too. I miss it too. And it's like, I feel like basically if you liked the same music I did, I thought you were cool. So like, that's also kind of how I made friends. Yes. And yes. So speaking of like being an angsty teenager, like I definitely had so many like, just like unrequited, requi- I can't say that word. I know Help what you me. mean. Help me. Uh, un- unrequited love. Yes. Unrequited- it's hard to say. It yeah. sounds funny. Yeah. That, that like things were not reciprocated and like the or like the love of someone that maybe doesn't know you exist but you're mad every time they date someone or, like you're like well fuck that bitch and he literally has never seen me before to in my eyeballs and I'm like well my boyfriend's clearly like <sighs> cheating on me um that's no that's his girlfriend like he does he doesn't know you exist so well I feel like everyone <laughs> that I had a crush on freaking knew because like I would make it pretty obvious oh, so yeah awkward oh, yeah. yeah but um basically like if you liked the same music that I did and I thought you were just like a little bit cute at least like I was gonna have a crush on you like that's yes. I don't know teenage chessy yep. I don't know yeah um, the standards were low <laughs> yes they were but yeah so whenever I went to shows I was like looking for punk boys I'm like if you have a mohawk like I will literally right. love you I don't know <laughs> I love you yeah. Call me. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> if you're somewhat gross looking, like, that's what I want in life, I guess. I'm fine. Yep. And sign me up. Yes. yes. But, okay, to get more, like, I guess back on track with anti-flag, sure. like, yeah, so I've also seen them live, like, tons of times. Very fun. And I do feel like since their music is very political, like, that also shaped me as a person. I was like, this is what I believe because they're very much about, like, you know, I don't know, things we believe now, Megan. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> just a more liberal view of yes. the world and, and, you know, social justice in its entirety and, like, people, you know, not being fucking billionaires and helping fellow man and, like, just exactly. that general idea. So <laughs> Yeah, like, not being a shitty person. Got it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so that is definitely where I got it. And I feel like I listen to other punk bands, too, but I feel like Anti-Flag, like, really, like, personified that era for me. For sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I would say it was a good time. Very much oh, yeah, a good time. Very much a good time. And honestly, like, I'm also angry as an adult, so I've been listening to a lot of punk rock lately also, yes. and I made a punk rock playlist. I'll post it somewhere. So yes. if someone wants to be angry with me, they can listen yeah. to it. Definitely send me the list. We'll put it up on the social media and we'll share it with you guys because honest to God, we just need anything right now because a lot of us are either working from home, not working at all, and which is a privileged place to be, obviously, but like this is like let's take let's take it back to the nostalgia. Let's get angry. Let's get, you know, anything to comfort ourselves and take our minds like out of here cuz these four walls, man. I don't know. I'm not I'm not about this life, but here we are. So um yeah, like another cuz that's what got this whole started is like, oh, someone mentioned this thing. Now I'm going to listen to it. It's like it did kind of help me feel better and here mm-hmm. we are. So like <laughs> I love that. Um, where was Anti-Flag from? Do you know where, like, where they were based out of? I don't know. Um, I think on the somewhere on the East Coast. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure I knew back in the day, but um, were you into Bayside at all? Did you like that band? Not really. I I yeah. think I've heard of them, but I never really got into them. Yeah, there's so many out there. Yeah, there are. Know. There are. I was I was in like besides like the Aussie like thing. Um, 
a lot of the stuff that I listened to came off the radio because like that's all we really had exposure to unless you like knew someone who liked old stuff like my Mm -hmm. friend John or you know like my mom listened to certain country but like mainstream music is what I liked for a long time because it's the only thing I had access to and like sometimes you get making fun of like oh you listen to that and it's like I I literally have 96 STO to listen to like I don't know what else like I didn't have a streaming service and unless you knew someone or your older siblings liked something or whatever you had like nothing but what was on the radio and so like so like the next album that I have is from like 2001-ish um embarrassing but true stains break the cycle oh boy like that really because because of my broken constant perpetual broken heart (laughs) that spoke to me um which is crazy because Aaron Lewis vocalist that he is good and he's good whatever but I think he's like run off the stage and like yelled at people in recent years and like kind of fell apart don't know that that's true but I think I've heard a lot of bad press for Aaron Lewis but um do you remember Break the Cycle with, like, The Outside that, and It's I think, Been a While? Yeah, and, I know those two songs. Yeah, those are the two that stood out to me. The whole album, I thought, was good at the time. Like, I don't really – I will put this stuff on, like you said. It's like you maybe don't listen to it a lot now, but you mm-hmm. still respect it. And, like, you know that the person you were then was, like, so into this. Like, yes. it was, like – and this was a time where – I'll never forget this. So, first – first boyfriend I must say he he was a reoccurring theme throughout high school um because you know the push and the pull and the drama and the chase and the whatever is such an abusive cycle and what's ironic is this album's called break the cycle and all I was doing was fucking perpetuating the cycle <laughs> I think Aaron Lewis was talking about his dad but like I was like what cycle like I keep dipping my toes back into this pool of shit so I remember being at my friend Brittany's house and I this was before, like, some CDs came with, like, the lyrics and some didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I had this CD or she did, and I don't think it came with lyrics. If it did, I didn't have them. And I would play It's Been a While over and over and write the lyrics down. Like, I didn't just pause it because, you know, when you'd pause a CD, sometimes it would scratch them or whatever if you, like, messed with it too much. So I would, like, listen to it over and over until I wrote down every lyric. Because I was like, I have to feel this. Mm-hmm. And it was the literal dumbest thing. And it was such a waste of time. But what else were we doing as teenagers? But, Nothing. Like, reading YM Magazine and then taking quizzes and then, like, writing down lyrics and drawing in our journals. Right. And I, like, sobbed over it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, all I did was cry and fight when I was a teenager. Like, I feel like that was the only thing that I did. So that's pretty embarrassing, but I honestly wrote out all the lyrics by hand, and there was an acoustic version of it, acoustic version of both of them on the bonus CD, and I remember, like, singing a cappella with my friends. Like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> no. I, but we would, we would sing this, and I still go into, like, full solo. When it comes on the radio, I don't care if my husband and my kid are in the car, like, I'm like, everyone be quiet. It's happening. Like, this, this is about to happen. So... Break the Cycle was my second album because I did not break the cycle. I ended up messing with that same person till I was almost 20 years old. So from 13 to 20, I just intentionally wrecked my life without truly knowing it. So it was kind of unintentional, but whoo, doggies, did I go back and forth. (laughs) So another boy, you know. Well, and I feel like when we're like teenagers and we're listening to this music, like obviously 
we don't have fully developed emotions. Not even um, close. No, but it's like we can listen to it. And even if they're singing about something else, you can like relate it to situations in your life. So you just sit there and cry. Yes. And you just make it, you do take what you get out of art. You know what I mean? Like you take from it, maybe not what was intended, but you take, I mean, mm-hmm. and then obviously 16, 17 years old, I mean, I can't believe they let us drive a car, side note, at 16, 17, it, when I'm, it is scary I'm doing to this think shit. About. <laughs> yeah, it's scary like, to think about. Like, let me talk about my priorities for a second, and then you gave me keys to a car? Like, right. that seems fucking damaging. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was brief, brief thought on that, but everybody who's listened to Stain fucking knows what I'm talking about. You get, you get down in that it's been a while since I've seen the candles light your face and then you get all fucking sad. Ain't, I have never lit a candle around anyone's face. I've never had that moment because I was a teenager. Like if I was having sex, sorry mom, I was sneaking off to have sex. I wasn't, there was no dimly There was no rooms. romance. No, not even close. Okay. I was in the, it was in somebody's truck somewhere, parked somewhere. So it's very, it was very, um, not relatable at all, but I certainly adapted it as most teenagers do to your own life so you know that meme I think that you posted it and I was like yes I relate but it's like something about getting drunk in a field or like dying of alcohol poisoning in a field like I I relate to that Mm -hmm. because you're like yeah before cell phones and stuff your parents could not track you you're off dying in a field (laughs) somewhere of alcohol poisoning and your parents think you're at like Melissa's house and you're like this is fine yeah so that was I'm just, a lot of times when I talk to my friends about shit we did, like I was talking to my friend John who introduced me to um, Ozzy just the other day and I was like, we were talking about like, oh my God, we went to prom together. Like we haven't really talked a lot since high school, but we have reconnected because the pandemic makes you reconnect with your old pals. And I was like, do you remember this? And he was like, do you remember, this is embarrassing. Just going back to Ozzy Mm -hmm. real quick. He goes, do you remember the the letter you wrote me and I was like oh god oh god oh god oh my god he said I don't still have it he said but you I used every title of the album osmosis in the letter (laughs) and I could kill myself I could absolutely end my life I am so embarrassed I go oh no I don't really remember that I remember now that he brought it up Mm -hmm. but I I couldn't tell you what it said but talk about cringe like I was the cringiest fucking teenager I'm so glad that no one has said anything like that to me or like that letters that I wrote probably don't exist anymore because holy shit Oh, I'm oh, God. so embarrassed. And I thought I was doing the right thing, which is even more painful because yeah. like I try I was very earnest. I was weird and I was obsessive and I was crazy, but I was earnest in that insane personality. I really did care for people. I just I didn't know how to appropriately express that. I didn't know how to, when someone said, I don't want you around, I didn't know how to go, okay, I, no, I respect your boundaries. Me either. Like, and I was like, but you love me, right? Like, I was psychotic. Me too. And, and I feel like, I think about, like, if I can go back to the very first time someone mistreated me, which will, I'm keep going back to the same kid from high school, which is irrelevant, don't know what their life's like now, but I remember the very first time he was mean to me, because it was like a, it was literally like a slap in the face, but he didn't actually hit me, and I should have gone oh oh I don't like this I'm gonna go home now and then my teenage years would have been so much easier but I was like oh I have to try harder yeah (laughs) so I would like do that but you know takes you a long time to heal from that um but these albums like I swear perpetuated this shit I was like I am so angsty and I'm gonna make you love me like you're gonna understand me and I didn't understand myself so I'm embarrassed cringe don't be embarrassed don't be embarrassed It makes us we who we are today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I hope I've evolved because my God. But yeah. Okay. 
Third album. What okay. You got? So my third album, this, I think I started listening to it when I was a junior in high school, either junior or senior. Um, it is Fevers and Mirrors by Bright Eyes. Ooh, so this I don't is, know this one. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't even know how to describe it. This is when I got sad. Like, this is <laughs> straight up, like, the most, like, emo fucking depressing music you'll ever listen to. Ugh. Like, I definitely dealt with some mental illness in high school sure. as far as, like, depression goes. But Same. I was not doing myself any favors by listening no. to this shit. Oh, my God. Because I would literally just sit there and listen to it and fucking cry. Like, yeah. why did I do this to myself? Right. When I say that I there was one album that I don't listen to anymore. It's this one because yeah. like I can't emotionally handle it. No. I thought to myself before I do this podcast, I should listen to it. And then I was like, that's not can't. even smart. No, because then I would have been like, Hey, Chessie, why aren't you picking up? And he'd be like, just let me have this. <laughs> just literally. I would lay in my room in the dark, like with covers around me and fucking listen to music and like sob. Like, yes. <laughs> why? What is wrong with us? And like, that's not doing ourselves any favors. Like, I feel like that's how we emotionally process stuff. But if we are in our 30s and cannot listen to something, we clearly were doing a bad job at handling Dude. our mental health because, and I do the same. I'm like, you know what? I'm actually going to go ahead and skip that. Can't listen to that. Because when I was 15, yeah. 20 years ago, I, I, I can't. It's so stressful. Yeah. No. So, and it's funny because I remember, like, at one point, I feel like my dad, like, became concerned. <laughs> As he should have. Yeah. And he was literally like, it's that music you listen to. Like, that's what's making you so sad. I was like, it's it's a masterpiece. Like, You don't understand. No. Yes. Your poor dad's oh, like, um, you need help. And like, the thing is, you can't tell teenagers shit. You just can't. No. Like, no. I thought I knew everything. And I knew better than my parents. I was the first teenager to ever try, like, whatever I was trying. Like, any any boundaries I was testing. Like, I thought I was the original. And I know having a 14-year-old, oh, my God. I am the mother of a teenager. Oh, God. Good luck. And, and he's, I would say, the top of, like, he's really antisocial. And, like, not in the, like school shooter type of way but like in the like he doesn't give me a lot of trouble because there is no sneaking out and I assume you know he'll do shit but like even dealing with just like me going oh I'm the adult is like oh fuck I'm the adult like what am I supposed to do about that he'll do something I'll be like oh I don't I got nothing dog like I don't know what to do. yeah so but I know when I was a teenager you couldn't tell me shit so if you sat in your room and cried like what were you gonna do man oh I mean, god it, I don't even fucking know why I put myself through this, but like I literally thought it was like the best music on the planet. Um, the lead singer, kind of like the main person of this band's name was Connor Oberst, and he mm -hmm. had like the floppy like emo hair uh, and like the emo ver and like sad eyes, and like I was also very obsessed with him, like very obsessed, and mm -hmm. so I went. I, I saw him in concert a couple times as well. And like, literally, it was like life changing. But the first time that I went to see Bright Eyes, I was like waiting in line. It was me, Sarah, um, my boyfriend at the time and someone else. I don't remember who. But like Sarah and whoever else it was that I can't remember, like walked down the street and they came back and they were like, Chessie, like you have to 
come with me because Connor is like down the street smoking a cigarette and like you're gonna meet him and I was like fucking trembling I was like oh my god like what did I think was going to happen that he was gonna be like you're the person I've been waiting for like no like I'm pretty (laughs) I'm pretty sure he was like annoyed but yeah so I went we took a picture together I was like I love you so much like I couldn't even like I don't even know what I said because I like blacked out right um but you're like I it's my chance yeah I'm gonna like you just lose your shit it's like the craziest it's a it's a weird feeling that's a weird feeling it really is like that was like one of the highlights of my teenage years for sure oh but so to describe this music to people who probably don't know what it is because it's pretty fucking random but like (laughs) I mean his songs were mostly about being sad and like being right. depressed, so right. like that's why I would like get myself worked up. And he, I mean, he would talk about like committing suicide and like all this shit. And like, why did I listen to that? I right. don't know. What were we doing? What was the point? Like, what was it's- so wrong in my life? Like, fucking nothing. But like, I exactly. literally thought I had like the weight of the world on my shoulders, and like I yes. was never gonna make it out. Right. And out of what is the thing? I was like, we're not going to make it out of this. And I'm like, there was literally nothing wrong with my teenage years. A boy didn't like me. And I shaped my entire existence around that. And it's so, I mean, obviously it's the patriarchy. We all know that. Blah, blah, blah. But I was like, I just, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, I just don't know how I can carry this weight. And it's like, what was the weight? Like, what was your problem? And I honest to God, don't have an answer for that. No answer. Nothing. Yeah. My parents paid for everything. I had a good life. I could go up to my dad and say, I want this thing. He would go buy it. I had no issues. Except for, I mean, I was fat and people made fun of me. But like, honestly, if I, I'm just like, that's not even a problem either. No. That was not a problem. It was like, you stated the obvious, tight. And it's like, everything was so heavy. The boy I loved didn't want me. Mm-hmm. And, then, and it's like, girl, you didn't want him. You just wanted him to want you. You know what I mean? Like, what were you doing? nothing I don't know crying in the dark it's <laughs> crying in the dark oh gosh it's like, just what were I, we doing yeah <laughs> just being fucking sad but what are you up to being sad yeah so I feel like when I started listening to bright eyes like and got more into like emo music like I feel like my style like changed again I dyed my hair black got like side swept bangs I wore a lot of like striped shirt and like tight jeans and like yes yeah, like, I don't know. Very punk, very, like, alternative. Yes. yes. and Loved it. So, yeah, that was, like, my final phase in high school, I feel like. And then after I graduated high school, I just, I don't know. I just left it all behind, I guess. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, I don't have to do all this. No. Like, I do feel, there are some people that keep that aesthetic now. And I, I got mad respect for that, honestly. Because, like, that takes guts in a world where... Like, society's kind of mellowed out, and especially in the Midwest, you know, it's like, well, we're all doing the same thing, kind of, but, like, I got mad respect for anybody who's a little bit weird, uh, because that's kind of celebrated now, because now you do realize there's more people outside of your town, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I can be whatever the fuck I want, like, I, I don't, again, have not left the house since March 16th, really, like, I haven't gone anywhere, but I did have to run, like, an errand the other day, and I think, I wasn't actually gonna see very many people, but, like, I had on, I just put on the weirdest outfit I could fucking find. I had these giant, like, star sparkly earrings. Um, I had leopard print shoes on, and none of it matched. And I was like, this this, this doesn't match. And I'm like, no, I'm a grown-up. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, 
it just that I love just doing whatever I want because I get really excited about going. I'm a grown up. I do what I want, and I know that's a very Cartman thing to do. But it was like I gotta get out of this house. I'm gonna wear the weirdest shit possible. Like just put on the weirdest shit I can put on, and it felt it's liberating. I'm I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say. So kudos to people for doing whatever the fuck they want because it's a, it's a weird weird time. <laughs> well, yes, like not current times included but like I feel like in general I still even as an adult like or an old person geez um (laughs) I feel like I still am kind of more on like I'm drawn to weird things so I still Mm -hmm. rock that but like it's funny because more and more as I like get older I'm like caring less and less even now like what people think about me or my ideas yes. or how I feel about things so yeah I don't know if I want to go out wearing fucking pajamas yes I will yeah and it's so liberating it I is. have I once I kind of gave up the giving a fuck what other people think about me and I and I it's been a while but it's you know it's still you get it late in life because as a teenager you're like oh I I didn't know that was a problem until someone pointed it out but now I think about it all the time is Mm -hmm. that really you know so now I go oh you don't pay my bills uh don't care Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's that's good um I got one more album and then I'll I'll we're gonna wrap this shit up man because we could talk about this for days we could we could talk about it for days so here's what prompted this entire episode friend um Somebody, uh, I'm obsessed with Natch Butte, the podcast. I'm obsessed. I'm fucking obsessed. Obsessed. When I say I'm obsessed, I've looked up everything Jackie Johnson has done, and I have watched it, read it. I mean, she was on an episode of Drunk History. I cannot get over how obsessed I am and how it's just a new obsession, and I'll probably get over it in like two weeks, but anyway. So she was on some random, like, Los Culturistas or something, and she was talking about Avril Lavigne, and I was like, I forgot that I went through a fucking Avril Lavigne phase. So... The second album, Under My Skin, came out in, like, 2004. So I had just graduated high school. And I was working in this daycare in, like, a neighboring town. Because I used to be, like, a daycare provider. Or, like, worked in it. It was a pretty big... It was the daycare for Toyota. So it was, like, you know, a big children's center. So I had to drive, um, I don't know, 20 miles or so to this other little town and worked in this daycare. Well, that album comes out, bitch, and I bought it. And let me tell you... I had this boyfriend, like, maybe junior, senior year, who, you want to talk about the one that got away. Now, it, and I've romanticized him in my mind. I, I, he's the only one that I still go, God damn it. But I know he's, like, a normal person with, like, a normal family. But, you know, that romanticizing, when you do, when you're 18 or 17, I was still hooked on this boy. And for, he dumped me. And I, like, hate not having control of anything. And I was like, oh, no, no, you're not going to dump me. And he's like, no, yeah, I'm bouncing (laughs) out. So I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, I didn't didn't handle rejection well. So I had to drive by his fucking house to get to my job. Because the back road that took you to this plant, the only way to get there, I could have gone way the fuck out of my way, but, like, that seems insane. I had to drive by his house, and I would play Avril Lavigne under my skin and, like, fucking sob and I had to go I went to work like three or four days a week because I was a teenager but sobbed my eyes out I would like look and see if his truck was home and I would be like if I see another car that I do not recognize and it's a girl I'm gonna die like I thought I was going to die without him it literally wasn't even that deep it was the fact that he rejected me and I was taught you must chase this affection from these boys instead of like being like oh okay I have other interests no no I like 
drove by his house. Let me. Do, I pulled up these these lyrics. You want to? What the fuck is wrong with Avril Lavigne that she that she wrote this shit? This is so harmful to teenagers. Like I'm gonna be one of those old white ladies that's like, how dare you with them satanic lyrics? That's <laughs> it's it's not satanic, but like it was such a bad message because she wrote that song and it was really big so much for my happy ending it's called my happy ending and like it's not none of this shit is good i i listened back to it and i was like oh this is not qual i mean it's not quality but i have no talent so who am i to judge so but like some of these lyrics were like let's talk this over it's not like we're dead was it something i did was it something you said and i'd be like yeah i like (laughs) totally relate like i would get so and then this part right here it was like so real because his friends were like, don't get back with Megan. And they were right. I was kind of <laughs> awful to this kid. I was awful to this kid. Awful. He did. He should have dumped me. Justifiably dumped. Okay? That's what I should have named myself. Justifiably dumped <laughs> should be my name on everything. Because anyone who's ever dumped me, you're right. So it says, you've got your dumb friends. I know what they say. They tell you I'm difficult, but so are they. And I was like, I was like, yeah, they are. And you know what else? And I would like think of all this like, monologue type shit and just because I was alone a lot clearly if I'd had a sibling or something I don't think I'd be this weird but since I I don't know you probably would I had I probably you're right yeah you're right we were gonna turn out how we were yeah but like Avril Lavigne's under my skin like she's big overseas like this went like platinum in Hong Kong and shit I don't think it went so well here but like she had a couple of hits off of this album like um Oh, God. What was the one called? She had Take Me Away, which was the first song on the album. And then, like, Forgotten was big. And then there was a couple of others, like, just that hit. She had, like, four singles off of it. So it it, it did pretty well. But, like, I had a big red X on it. I don't know if you had this album. It was black with a big red X. And I realized, I thought about this. I had a fucking poster of Avril Lavigne in black and white looking fucking eyelinered and angsty. (laughs) I was like obsessed. And I think it was probably a crush maybe on her that I wasn't like fully like realizing. But I was like, I'm obsessed. Her aesthetic, she was thin. I was not thin. You know what I mean? She had this like very skater girl. You know, she did the whole skater boy thing on the first album. She was very punk. But like, she was like punk light. She wasn't any like you know, real deal. She was just like the popular trend right then. Um, I listened to that whole album the other day and I sang it in the kitchen and my husband walks in and he's like, what's happening? Like what? I was like, don't worry. I'm just having a moment. Like I like really, it took me right back to being angsty over a boy. So my theme is justifiably dumped and angsty over a boy. And I'm glad that I don't center my entire personality around a man anymore because that makes me want to fucking throw up. And I also feel really sad for people who have to do that. Yes. Um, it's just sad. It I, is. Don't, I don't I don't really judge you because you've been taught that. You know what I mean? So, ooh, hard to watch, my friend. Hard to watch. Yeah. So, those were, those were my albums. They're weird as fuck, so. No, you're fine. Um, I never really got into Avril Lavigne because I thought I was too good for Avril Lavigne because I was like, she's like fake punk. This is Exactly. Like- yeah, I'm too good for this. But You're like, like I said, I'm a real punk fan, so yeah. I'm not listening to that garbage. Yeah, like I said, I was a bitch. I'm sorry. Same. Um, but did you know that there's a conspiracy theory that yeah. Avril Lavigne is dead? Yes, <laughs> and that she was replaced. Yeah. Yes. Trust me, I've looked this up. I, I am also all for that, and I I hope that she's not dead. You know, because that would be tragic. But also, like, I'm into 
people just believing crazy shit. Yeah. So that, that, I just love that. I love, and she also married the guy from Nickelback. And I'm like, this can't, this is, none of this is real. This is a simulation. I firmly believe we're in a simulation now due to the circumstances, but like, I mean, that's part of it. That was the first, that was the tip of the iceberg. Wasn't she also with the guy from some 41 at some point? Yes. She was married to the Wembley, Wimbler, Wimbledon. She was married yeah. to that one. Whatever his <laughs> name was. Some 41 was also kind of like an off yeah. brand, like punk light. Song. Yeah. They had like a hit. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked them when I liked Blink-182. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which actually, okay. So their like most popular song, Fat Lip. Um, I still know all the words to that song, which is not like yeah. something to be proud of, but it's true. And like, I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, maybe not, but the only song I've really ever sang karaoke to was that song. And it was on a casino boat full of old people. <laughs> and like that song is so offensive to old people. So oh. I'm sorry, old people. Oh, sorry, old people on a casino boat. My bad dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, this is the apology podcast again. We yeah. are here to apologize. We are sorry. Um, we're really, really sorry. And uh, I think that's also a theme is like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about like just everything in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, I love that you did that. It was, it was a poor choice, but <laughs> it was a chessy reflecting, choice. <laughs> reflecting back, not my best word. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> It's something well, to talk about. <laughs> it is. Here we are. Um, so I appreciate you coming back on yes. to do this. This is so much fun. Uh, do you have any little recommendation to keep people po- uh, occupied or anything that you've enjoyed doing um, just while you've been at home or like anything that's distracting at all? No. So <laughs> no. Um, are you? Uh, please recommend Animal Crossing. Oh, I have a feeling. Well, yeah. That you're <laughs> so basically, this is my life. I wake up in the morning and drink coffee and like watch YouTube while I drink coffee and then I play Animal Crossing until like usually after lunchtime and then I either read or cross stitch for like the rest of the day until Josh is done with work so like that's my life but honestly I've mainly been watching like reruns of things so I haven't even watched anything that I can recommend no. Because we are comforting ourselves and reruns are predictable and we know what's going to happen. Exactly. So I'm not trying to take on any new drama. I don't need any type of upsetting material or unexpected twists and turns. I'd appreciate that to be not a thing right now. Exactly. Um, Grace Under Fire is on Amazon, if anybody cares. Uh, you sh- Amazon Prime has Grace Under Fire and I've been watching a lot of that. And I realized that shaped my childhood uh, more than I had anticipated. So go watch that. That's my only recommendation i've just been walking circles around my neighborhood which is psychotic at this point uh the neighbor told me that her husband calls me the neighborhood watch oh boy and i I was like that's uh embarrassing but i'm not watching anything i'm actually just listening to podcasts and wandering around but i'm also super nosy so don't try any shit because i will actually find out so um yeah but i appreciate you uh doing this this was fun and i hope you guys you know, if you have albums you like, obviously, you know, by this time, if you've listened to any of these, you know, you know where to contact me. I, reach out. Don't reach out. I'm tired. I don't really know. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, share it with your friends. Uh, if you don't share it, you're a fake friend. So um, that's just all I'm saying. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's all we've got for you guys. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye.